Hello, and welcome to Thank You for Toilet Paper, a history of the little things, a podcast where we talk about a few things to be grateful for and the history and stories behind them. I'm your host, Elizabeth Miller. Thank you so much for joining me today. Let's get going. Today, we are going to talk about a way to vent the nine-year-old frustration and fervor for life that you may or may not still have in you and get some candy out of it along the way. For some, a staple of birthday parties is children. It is time to talk about the one, the only, the ever-so-magical piñata. If you've never seen a piñata, I will take a moment to describe the ones I'm most familiar with, and then we'll get to the history. The ones I saw growing up were at birthday parties for children, although I would not be opposed to one as an adult, although the level of violence might be more intense among the grown-ups. Basically, a container, usually shaped into something fun like a unicorn, a colorful ball, or perhaps Spongebob, made from cardboard and paper mache is filled with candy, sweets, and prizes and is hung on a string. Each person then takes a turn, or typically the birthday kid, maybe it's just the birthday kid by themselves, sometimes we take turns, but that person is blindfolded and then handed a bat or a broom. They are spun around several times while blindfolded with stick in hand, sometimes while the children sing a song, and then they are set in roughly the direction of where the piñata is and asked to beat the box open. Usually, the piñata is on a string which can be pulled up or down by someone else, perhaps an overly competitive aunt or uncle, for example. The child or adult then swings, dizzy and blindfolded, at where they think the piñata probably is or was or may be in the future. Once the child connects, if they don't break open the piñata, it becomes someone else's turn. Sometimes. Sometimes, people sing a song and you just go until the song is over. If, however, the child does manage to break open the piñata and or send it crashing to the floor, All children in the immediate vicinity are at once given permission to dive onto the candy and gather as much as possible, which to my mind was always unfortunate for the child who actually was swinging the bat as they were still blindfolded for the moment and were at a disadvantage, although they were technically still armed. I've yet to see a child use their bat to push away other children, however, I'm sure it could happen, but I think it's a good thing that I haven't seen it yet. Everyone gathers sweets, digs through the guts of the once-smiling Spongebob, and then continues happily on with the party, pockets bursting with sweets and anger, satisfactorily taken out on fictional characters. But let's get to the real thing now, shall we? A piñata can be made of a couple different types of materials. The ones I was most familiar with growing up were made of paper mache but there are other types of materials available as well. These can include cloth or pottery. The piñata is formed into a chosen shape, it is decorated and filled with sweets, treats, and prizes, and is then broken as part of the celebration. While these days piñatas are typically connected to Mexico, like that may be what we first think of, they actually had their start far away to the east in China. There are some different opinions on this, but that's the general consensus and we're going to stick with that for the moment. The first shapes made in China were usually of either a cow or an ox, and these piñatas, or these clay figures, were used in celebration of the new year. In this celebration, a piñata, although that was not the name for it at the time, but I'm just going to keep calling it piñata so we don't get confused, this piñata, not piñata, was filled with five different types of seeds and was hit with different sticks until it broke open. The body of the piñata was also painted with specific colors and symbols meant to encourage a good climate for the coming year's season of growing. Once broken, the piñata itself would be gathered up and burned, and the ashes would be kept for good luck for the rest of the year. It wasn't until the 14th century that the piñata made it over to Europe, where it became associated with Lent and got its name. 
In Spain, the first Sunday of Lent became known as Piñata Sunday, with the ensuing celebrations dubbed the Dance of the Piñata. These piñatas were first made of clay. The Italian word from which piñata originates means earthenware cooking pot. Thank you, Wikipedia, for that one. And the Italian word is pignata. This European version of the piñata came across the ocean to Mexico in the 16th century. However, this doesn't mean that the celebration was entirely of Chinese and European origin. In Mesoamerica, there were already similar celebrations. For the Mayans, they had a celebratory tradition much like our tradition today that involved blindfolding the participant and hitting something rather like a piñata. For the Aztecs, a similar tradition was used to celebrate the god of war, the sun, and human sacrifice, whose name was Huitzilopochtli. For this celebration, priests would decorate clay pots with colors and feathers, and when the pot was broken, the prize or treat inside would fall at the feet of an idol as a sacrifice. Piñatas from Europe soon became associated with religion, specifically Catholicism. It was in 1586 in Alcoman, Mexico, which today would be north of Mexico City, that Augustinian monks rebranded, if you will, the piñata, making modifications to use the European version and use it in a combination of the celebration for Huitzilopochtli with a celebration of the Nativity, both of which took place in December, calling the celebration Las Posadas. Las Posadas lasts nine days and ends on Christmas Eve. With a Catholic connection, the meaning behind the piñata has to do with temptation and seeking to overcome temptation. For piñatas with this specific meaning in mind, these are usually decorated with seven points. You might have seen it, a kind of a ball with seven cones or stars or points on it. Each of these seven points represents one of the seven deadly sins. Sloth, gluttony, envy, wrath, pride, lust, and greed. The fruits or candies inside the piñatas are also meant to represent the temptations of the world, while the blindfold, along with requiring the blindfolded party to spin around and people singing around the person who's blindfolded, are meant to represent the disorientation of the world and its distractions. One such song that people will sing translates to, Hit, 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 don't lose your aim, because if you lose, you lose the road. This piñata is much mana, but only contains orange and sugarcane. That translation came to us from Wendy Devlin's article on MexConnect.com entitled History of the Piñata. I'm sorry I don't know how to sing it. I don't know what the melody is. I'm sure it's great. The person hitting the piñata with a stick represents their faith. Some traditions have the person blindfolded spin 33 times to represent the 33 years of the life of Jesus Christ. Some traditions hold that when the person breaks or beats back the temptations of life, breaking that piñata, the fruit and sweets inside, then come to represent the rewards of overcoming temptation with our faith. Other interpretations vary on kind of what the innards mean. These days, however, piñatas don't always have a religious connotation and are used to celebrate more than just las posadas. Piñatas have been used at parties, birthday parties, parades, and more. The materials we use to make piñatas have also changed, from clay to paper mache. There was even an event called Piñatarama held to showcase the creative and artistic designs of 25 different piñatas branching out beyond the seven-point stars. These piñatas came from 23 different countries. The world's largest traditional seven-point piñata was made in 2010 and weighed in at 350 kilos, or 771.6 pounds, and 11.2 meters, or 36.7 feet. It can be found in Tepatitlan and was made of fiberglass. 
In Mexico, the Museo de Arte Popular held its first Mexican piñata contest in 2007, which was meant to encourage participation in the tradition, keeping it from being lost to memory. Another museum offers classes on how to make piñatas. In Mexico at Christmas, these piñatas are traditionally filled with fruits and nuts or candies. Some piñatas, however, can be less friendly. These piñatas can be filled with water or flour rather than sweets for the kiddos. If a child comes away empty-handed from the battle for the sweets on the ground, there is a basket of candy set to the side, called colaciones, ready to give them sweets and appease their disappointment. Aquaman, the original city for Mexican piñatas, hosts a yearly national piñata fair. The fair brings in about 100,000 visitors and includes cultural celebrations, workshops on piñata craftsmanship, and more. In the city of San Juan de la Puerta, about 400 families produce 16,000 piñatas each month. It is the main source of enterprise for about half the city, just behind agriculture. In fact, piñata making has even been an activity used in prisons for inmates to participate in as well. Piñatas are especially popular around the Christmas season for Las Posadas, with ball and seven-point piñatas being the most popular. For other events, however, popular movie characters are the favorites, which has actually led to some problems with U.S. copyright law, with Marvel and Disney being unhappy and seizing piñatas made in the IP that they own. Beyond piñatas, however, there are a few other parts of the world that have traditions of a similar nature, one of which we find in Denmark. This activity translates roughly to hit the cat out of the barrel. In this game, a wooden barrel is used and hit in order for participants to retrieve candy. In India, we find a few similar games, one of which is in reference to Lord Krishna's birthday and a butter thief. For this tradition, clay pots of butter, money, or treats are hung around city squares or streets at heights that require teams of youth to work together to break them open to retrieve the prize. In Japan, a similar game called suikawari is played but uses watermelons instead of clay pots. In the Philippines and Vietnam, a similar game is played using pots and hitting them to retrieve treats and prizes as well. Today, the world's largest piñata, non-traditionally shaped, as recorded by the Guinness Book of World Records, measures in at 14.32 meters high, that's 47 feet, 20.9 meters long, that's 68 feet 7 inches long, and 11.5 meters wide. That would be about 37 feet 9 inches wide. This record was made in 2011 in New York and was a piñata made by M&M's to celebrate their pretzel M&M's first birthday. It was in the shape of a huge orange pretzel M&M on a birthday cake. This M&M broke the record held by a Philadelphia donkey piñata from 2008. I don't know how big of a stick you would need to bust those guys open, but I'm sure that would be quite the ordeal. But like fun. So whether you need one to celebrate Las Posadas or a child's birthday, or maybe one for yourself after a very long week, piñatas and similar activities have been a fun bit of stress relief around the globe for hundreds of years. And sometimes there's nothing quite like the sweet relief of candies after beating a box with a stick. So for all of that, all the fun memories, the blindfolded stick wielding, and the many times we've narrowly escaped injury by the aforementioned blindfolded person, I am grateful for all the good times piñatas have brought us the world over. That's it for this week. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you have a marvelous day. Take care.